morning, family. I have to tell you, because you know I'm, I'm pretty to the point, I'm pretty straightforward, and I'm very honest because then I don't have to remember if I lie because that just keeps it simple. So when um, Pastor Rowe came to me and he was asked me to speak, I thought, man. But then immediately the Holy Spirit brought the verse in, I believe it's 2 Timothy, that we are to be ready to preach the word in season and out of season. And so then I had to repent. So, <laughs> But God is good. And so today what I am going to talk to you all about, what I am going to release into the atmosphere, what I am going to challenge and charge you with is that God is just. Therefore, because he is just, we are never without hope. Okay? Never without hope. So, we have gotten um, in the past, what, month and a half, some powerful, um, inspiring words. And I just want to recap because each week has led into the next week. If you just, it was like connecting the dots. And so it's been so good. So I hope I don't take us off the rails this week. So I hope that, you know, that it connects as well. So um, Pastor Blaine, when he was up here, he preached on the oil of intimacy. Moving us from concept, just to um, having head knowledge, to the true reality of what the super becomes the natural, which is the state that we need to operate in. So that super becomes our natural, and then we operate in that as a result of that. But it's, but it's based in the intimacy. We have to have that connection. So then the next week, Pastor Betty, and don't tell her I said this, but she's, she's one of my favorites, so, but don't tell her that. <laughs> Pastor Betty, she really fleshed out that God is kind. Not necessarily nice, but that he's kind because a lot of times we just use those words interchangeably. And they're very, very different meanings. And because God is kind. Because of his kindness, we now, we, his people, his children, those that profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we now have the answer. We have the solution. So the supernatural intimacy creates an atmosphere that gives us the burden to share the solution, which is Jesus Christ. That is so awesome. When the Lord gave that to me, I was like, oh, Come on now, Lord. You are so good. You're so good. And then Pastor Rowe comes up and preaches on that God is a promise keeper. And you know what that reminded me of? From the time I was a little, little girl, my mom used to always say, God can do anything but fail. She always said that. And so that is just what kept coming back to me when he talked about God being the promise keeper, that his word never fails. It will never fail. Wow. So not only do we have intimacy, we are operating in the supernatural. We are giving the solution to the world because it's true. It is a promise that will not fail. 
it will never hit the ground. So that was just, again, so awesome. And then Brother Greg came up and brought the power of the testimony. You know, today we live in a world that is giving a testimony that is so false. It is nothing but lies. Everything that's coming through the airwaves over and over again, creating this atmosphere of death, this atmosphere of fear. But our testimony, our testimony about the goodness of God, because God is good. So now we know, so now we've got the goodness of God in there. And I'm like, man, this is so awesome. And so when uh, Pastor Roe gave me God is just, it was so interesting because like months ago, forever ago, this was something that was really kind of burning in me. And I didn't really think about it until probably last week sometime um, when we had um, the group at the house. That was one of the things that God had given me that he is just, that God is just. And I talked about like uh, Noah, who was really the first remnant. Him and his family was the first remnant. That he was just and he walked with God. Because righteousness and just go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. So Noah was a righteous man, a just man. And then when you go into the New Testament, the Lord called Joseph, the husband of Mary, a just man. Because Joseph could have very easily have thrown Mary to the wolves. But because he was just. The angel could come to him and say, it's okay. And he stepped into it because of him being just a just, righteous man. So one of the things, because I like knowing what words mean. I'm one of those people that if you tell me something and I don't know what it means, I'm going to go, uh-huh. But then I'm going to go look it up. Because I'm not going to try and use it in a sentence because I don't want to use it wrong. So um, I looked up just, it's a little itty-bitty, teeny-weeny little four-letter word that we use all the time. But I never really thought about what it actually meant. So when I looked it up, um, what I found is the definition of just. It means guided by truth, reason, justice, and fairness. And another definition of just is completely. And that one I thought was so profound, completely. It's done. It's over. You're good. So keep those things in mind. Because, you know, we live, it's so important today that we really know what words mean. Because we live in a world that, I mean, we've seen this. Over the past, I don't know, as never before, probably the past 20 years, where words have been redefined and in some cases literally undefined, where they've stripped all meaning from the word, and now it can be whatever I decide it's going to be. So it's so important that we understand the meaning of words. So I'm going to read that definition to you again. Guided by truth. Reason, justice, and fairness, or completely. Okay? So let's go to Genesis. 
the second chapter and the eighth verse. I'm sorry, not the eighth, the seventh verse, excuse me. So in that it says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living soul. So now just as Paul was talking about, and I was like, ooh, Paul, go ahead and preach, then I don't have to. So so just as he talked about when God created man in his image, let us create man in our image, and then he breathed the breath of life into us. And something that years ago Pastor Betty preached, and this has always stuck with me, that when God breathed life into Adam, that very same breath has sustained mankind ever since, that one breath. And, and that has just always stuck with me. So we know that God breathed life, his life, his very essence into mankind. But then we know, you know, next chapter over, Adam and Eve just kind of blew it for all of us. So, I mean, well, really not Eve, Adam, but, you know, tomato, tomato, you know. Yeah. But nonetheless, it was ruined for all of us. (laughs) Oh, boy. Jesus, Father, Father. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) Um, mankind could have literally, he could have been done with this. Just as he had given that breath, he could have taken it just like that. And mankind would have literally ceased to exist. But because God is just, even in the judgment, he gave gave mankind hope for the future. Even as he was giving judgment, he did not leave us without hope. So that is so powerful that even in our worst mess up, even in our worst where, you know, it's just you think there's no going back, there is still hope in Jesus Christ. His breath is in your body, and you have hope. So because he gave us hope, he also gave us the future solution. Because he is a provider, Adam and Eve could testify to his mercy. Because again, he could have just wiped them out right then and there. And yet he allowed them to still have life. Because he already had a plan. He already knew that, you know, we were going to jack it up. And that we wouldn't need redemption. So he already had that plan in motion even before the foundation of the world. And just think about that initial sacrifice that he did because he sacrificed the animals for them. He covered them. He did that initial blood sacrifice for them. They couldn't do it. They were in sin at that moment. So he had to do it and he covered them. 
by doing the animal sacrifice. I wonder, I've often wondered, and I don't know if you guys wonder, but I have wondered whether or not, even in that, whether or not the, um, the animal skins were still dripping in blood when he put them on him. Whether or not they were. That blood of atonement that was paying the price that we could never pay was foreshadowing the coming of Christ. That was a foreshadowing right there at the very beginning. That someone would come to atone for what we could never do. There would never be enough animals created to atone for what Jesus did in that one day. So praise God for that. Praise God. And so all of those things are just part of the mosaic of God's character. I mean, think about the angels. They sing holy, holy, holy. It is a continuation because they see different aspects, different um, characteristics that he has. They never stop singing his praises. It is continual, even until uh, into eternity, when we can join them in singing holy, 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 and never get tired. Because, you know, God knows I'm kind of lazy sometimes. So, you know, so that's a great thing to be able to see all these aspects, all these um, different characteristics, and still see the holiness in them and never get tired. So praise God for that. That's a praise break right there. So thank you, Lord. So can you see how all of these things really are reciprocal? How they just go around in a circle. You just, you know, and it just, it's just a continual perpetuation of who he is. And because God is just, he actually allows us to see a pinhole. We see a pinhole of this life, of this reality that we live in. Because he sees the beginning from the end and everything in between. But because he is merciful, he doesn't give us the whole picture. He de- because we would, we would really just mess it up. We would take what we think and try to interject it, you know, help him out. And so because of his mercy, he allows just that little teeny pinhole because he's like, Vic, I need you to just walk with me. Take one step, then the next step, then the next step. We are to walk with him. But we would get ahead of him. Sometimes we would get behind him. But when we trust him, that God is just that he is guided by truth. Then we can take that next step. We can trust him to take that next step with him. So praise be to God. And you guys see how technical I am. You know, I do roll everything out. So, <laughs> you know, I'm real tech savvy and all. <laughs> so when we go back to that definition, and it states guided by truth, because, again, I'm a, I'm a word person, And so we, as followers of Christ, when I think about guided by truth, I think that we are being led in a specific direction toward an expected outcome. As we are being guided by truth, 
led in a specific direction because you have a specific purpose and plan on your life. So walking in that, you are being led toward an expected outcome. Which leads us right to um, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you and you and you. That's why we only need the pinhole. We only need to see the pinhole. We don't need the whole plan. Just the pinhole is enough. So because God is just, he guides by truth, not facts, but truth. Okay? Because a lot of times people don't understand there is a huge difference between truth and facts. So for anybody that does not know the difference, here it is. I'm going to give it to you. So... um, If you've paid any attention to what's gone on in the world, and I'm going to say pretty much, I'm going to suspect that we all have. We have an exceedingly intelligent group of people here. So for the past year and a half to two years, we have seen a lot of facts put out there. Okay? So the difference between facts and truth have never been more evident. Never, At least in my lifetime, it hasn't thus far. So here are the difference. Facts can be manipulated. Facts can be changed. And the fact does not equate to truth. I mean, think about, you know, like, I don't know, very long time ago when people thought the earth was actually flat. And if you said otherwise, that was heresy. And you would literally be killed for that. And then, because that, because that was a fact. And then they found out later on, the truth is the earth is actually round. Okay? So, here's the thing about the truth. Truth is immutable. And if you do not know what immutable means, here is the definition. Unchanging over time. Unable to be changed. That is truth. Truth does not change over time. I don't care. People always talk about it's 19. Don't nobody care what year it is. It doesn't matter what the year is. Truth is unchangeable and can literally not be changed. So when I read that, I thought, yes, because I used to always give bread like, examples of facts and truth. And so I'm like, wow, that totally, totally confirmed what I was saying. So I was right, Brett. So for me, that is like a microphone drop moment. It's like, boom, and walk off the set because we're done at that point. We are just done. You know, there's nowhere else to go. We're, we are all good. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) So Facts can be argued, but truth is not open to disagreement and is indisputable. Truth. And truth is God is 
just. Cannot be argued. Facts can be argued. Truth cannot be argued. Period. I love it. So let's go to Deuteronomy 32.4. And that verse reads, The rock, his work is perfect. All his ways are just. A faithful God without bias. He is righteous and true. So, unchanging over time, unable to be changed, he is a faithful God without bias, which means he is not a respecter of persons. All are welcome to receive his son. All are welcome to receive salvation. All are welcome into the kingdom of God who will receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It doesn't get much clearer than that, but we live in a very muddy world. Everything's muddy. And people do not want to receive truth. They really don't. I know some of those people personally in my life, and I've had tried to have those conversations, and I said, you know what, Lord? You do it. You do it. Because so many people just, they will argue and want to be kind of crazy, really. But God still loves them. God still loves them. He is still contending for them, and he is still believing for them. Therefore, we have to have that. We have to contend and believe and want it for them as well. We can't just give up and say, yeah, well, go to hell. But we can't say that. I mean, we can, but we shouldn't. We shouldn't say that. Because of the character of God that lives in us. It should compel and burden us and just set us on fire for them. Was that funny, baby? (laughs) So, yeah. So, to believe God is just means you believe he is kind. He is a promise keeper. He is a provider. However, this does require something on our end. It really does require something of us. It requires us to trust because we can believe, we can believe, and that is kind of, that's that head knowledge. But to trust is something that's going a little deeper, that's digging down, that's drilling that hole down and going a little deeper. So when Paul was up here again, I was like, oh, go ahead and preach my sermon. Go ahead, because that's really what, what it's coming down to. Because we live in a world that's pushing back and pushing back hard. So when you try to bring truth, you try to bring the word of God, the word says we, the world says we don't want to hear that. Shut up. Sit down. This is what we want. Because we live in a self-absorbed, self-centered world. It's all about us. It's all me, me, me. Where Jesus says, It's all about him and then others. Him and then others. 
Because when we make it all about him, then we want to help others. That is what we are called to do in whatever way Jesus has called you to do it. Whether it's standing before people and and preaching a sermon, whether it's teaching, whether it's in a song, whether it's in a word, whether it's in just a smile. Because we literally don't know what people are going through on a daily basis. And that simple smile might be something that gives them that hope that we are never without. So, trust is really where the rubber meets the road. As a follower of Christ, that's where it really hits. And unfortunately, you know, we can say we, you know, believe that God is just and that he's a promise keeper. And, uh, but really, do we? And just as Paul was saying, yes, we do because we have a measure of faith. We do because we have that measure of faith, whether however much that faith is for you may not be that measure of faith for the next person. And so that's why we really need each other. We need the body of Christ. We need each other. Because I have to, my, my faith needs to be built just like your faith needs to be built, just like their faith needs to be built. And we do that for each other. The power of that testimony, if God can do it for her, oh my goodness, Lord, do it for me. That we will trust him because we, you know, and I think this is something that um, a lot of people struggle with. That they will believe with everything in them for someone else. And then when something hits them, it's like, well, I mean, God will do it if he wants to. You know? That we don't trust for ourselves. Because there's a, there's a level of belief because of measure of faith. But that trust, that deeper part, going deeper, digging down deeper to that trust. And so we really need each other. We need to, I need to help you dig down to your trust. You need to help me dig down to my trust because God is a just God. And because of that, we have to believe, we have to trust. And then we have to be active in it. We can't go in the house Close the door. I think we've done that long enough. And the world has gone the way of the world as a result of that in many, many ways. And so, no, it's time out for that. That's over. That is over. We are the church that is going to be the supernatural church of Jesus Christ. We are the people that will speak and miracles will happen. We are the people that will speak and see the tides change. Just like Jesus spoke to the wind, we will speak to the wind. We will speak to the powers of this earth and tell it it has no right, it has no authority, it has no power because it cannot stand before the name of Jesus Christ. It must bow. It must go. 
it has no power. Because Jesus is the greater power and the greater authority. So, we must demonstrate to those seeking justice and truth. Because if we don't live it, then who will? Who's going to show people that are desperate, that are searching and seeking and looking? That's what people, I mean, people in the world are looking for Jesus. They just don't know it. They really are. They are going to all these other things. Um, new, what is it? New wave or what is it? New age. Yeah, that's a, I'm thinking of the microwave or something. <laughs> But John knew what I meant. <laughs> they are going into Wicca. We have people that literally are calling themselves Christian witches. How does that happen? What does light have to do with darkness? That just goes to show the depth of confusion, the depth of how everything is so muddied. The water's so muddy right now that they can't see. But we that do see, we that do know, have a responsibility to help them. Now, we can't drag them in, but we love them. We show them the love of Christ. We show them the righteousness of God. We show them through our testimony, through our actions, who Jesus is. Because Jesus lives in me. He lives in you, he lives in you, and he lives in you. So we need to start acting like Jesus lives in us. Because if we are professing Christ, then we should show people that there's something different about us. That there is something like, I don't know what it is, but hmm, there's something about her. There's something about him. Maybe I should ask him. Because we are the ones to draw people in. We draw them in. Because we are his ambassadors. God is just. So when I think about that, will he find a people that proclaim that he is just? So let's go to Luke chapter 18 verses uh, 1 through 8. This is the parable of the persistent widow. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he told them. Now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. Therefore, a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God. Or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversaries. So I can say without question that we live in a time where there are people in positions of authority and power that do not respect God. For a while... He was unwilling, but later he said to himself, 
even though I don't fear God or respect people. Yet, because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by pestering, by her pestering coming. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay helping them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So again, I ask you, will he find a people that proclaim God is just? Will he find a people that know he is a provider? And testify to his goodness, that know he's a promise keeper, that in kindness offers the solution, that are guided by agape love that will only come from on high. Although we live in an unjust world, we serve a mighty and just God who became sin to free us from sin like the persistent widow. We demand justice in the earth. Because we serve a just God, even the judge, like the demons, recognize God will prevail in the earth no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what the news is saying, no matter what year it is. We open our mouths with the authority to rule and reign on this earth in the name of Jesus. And proclaim the unstoppable, unchangeable truth that God is just. So what I would like everyone to do is to just proclaim that with me. We're going to proclaim that into the atmosphere. We are going to say and proclaim and make this declaration that God is just. So say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. God is just in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you. We glorify you, Lord. We give you all the honor and all the praise, O God, because you and you alone are worthy. You are the one who lifts our heads. You are the one that is not a respecter of person. You are the one who is wooing and calling to a world that desperately needs to show you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, stir up your people. Set us ablaze. Set that fire in us, O God. You have given us a measure of faith. And, Lord, we proclaim we trust you. We will go deeper in our trust with you and for you, Lord. Father, we thank you that we co-labor with you, that we take one step after the next step, that we hear you and hear you clearly, that every other voice is silence, that every other lie, just as was proclaimed before, is silence, that, Father, that we walk in truth. We are guided by truth. We are led by you, Lord, towards a specific direction with an expected outcome. 
in the name of Jesus. And right now, it is so, it is not something, something coming. It is right now in Jesus' name. Amen.